The following audio is from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com. Well, I want to talk with you today about storms and the God who is over storms. If you want to turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40, we've been learning all sorts of incredible things about our God in Isaiah chapter 40. And one of the most incredible things about this chapter is in one chapter, we see this contrast that God is all powerful, that the nations, it says in verse 22, are like grasshoppers to him, that, you know, kings and rulers come and go, but he can, he can just blow on them. Like you, you blow the little things off a dandelion and and they're gone. He is this huge, mighty, all powerful God who created galaxies and stars and planets and storms. And yet he's a God of comfort. He's a God of love. He's a God of forgiveness and grace. And Isaiah 40 in one chapter captures both of these realities about our God who's all powerful and also all loving. And in our text today, we're going to see that this God who we've seen he's a God of forgiveness. We've seen he's a God of comfort. We've seen that he's a God over people. We've seen that he's a God over idols, over every other God. Today we see he's a God over storms. That is, he's a God over the circumstances in your life. We might be under the circumstances in our lives, just like we're under a big storm when it comes through, but God's not under them. He's not limited by them. He is over them. I wonder what kind of storms you've found yourself in lately. I I know from our church family that within the last month, there have been the storms of death, storms of depression, uh, storms of, of conflict that you can't quite figure out, storms of difficulties in marriage, storms of busyness for our young families now with the school season upon us, storms of opposition. I don't know what kind of storm you find yourself in today, but God brought you here today because he wants you to know that he has not forgotten you and he has not abandoned you. And just because the storm hasn't left when you've prayed for it to leave or wanted it to leave, that doesn't mean that he doesn't love you and that he doesn't have good plans for you. I remember in high school, my best friend, John Mark is his name, uh, started working on his private pilot's license. He's now a commercial pilot for American Airlines. And uh, when we were in high school, after he got through a certain uh, number of, I don't know, flight checks or whatever it is that they do, uh, he got to the point where where he and I could go up alone in this little plane. It was kind of like a Cessna, but I think it was called a Piper. And I remember one day we went up and, he, you know, he's just kind of zooming around, showing me the area, and, and there came in some storm clouds. And the ride got really, really bumpy on the plane. Have any of you ever experienced that turbulence on a plane where everything starts shaking? And especially when you're in a tiny plane, you start to think... Is this wing going to fall off? I mean, what is, Lord help us, right? And he, he explained, you know, if we go through the clouds, 
it'll be really rough, but then we'll, we'll get up above them and things will calm down. And sure enough, we went into the clouds and I mean, things are just, it's already loud in a little plane, right? It's like, and then everything's banging and there's rain on the windshield. But then we, we, we crest through the top of the clouds and it's like a sunrise. I mean, all of a sudden, boom, there's the sun and he keeps going up and then just still calm. Everything's fine. And the big idea of today's text is that we often want the storms to go away in our lives. But down here in this fallen world, very often, God's answer is not to remove the storm, but to lift us up above the storm. We see this uh, starting in verses 30 and 31. Even youths grow tired and weary. In other, and young men stumble and fall. In other words, wouldn't it be nice if it said, you know, normal people get tired and weary, but people who love God, they never get tired. People who love God, they never get weary. People who love God, things are never bad for them. Wouldn't that be awesome? It will, will be that way someday, but it's not right now. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. You're going to get tired, but if you hope in the Lord, he'll renew your strength and you'll soar on wings like eagles. Here's our big idea. In this fallen world, God will not always fix your difficult circumstances, but he will always carry you above them when you hope in him. That's what verse 31 said. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. I want to ask you to take a moment right now to identify in your heart what are some of the storms, what are the circumstances that if you could change them, you sure would. And, and as you identify those issues in your life, maybe it has to do with your grandkids, maybe it has to do with your health, maybe it has to do with your spouse or your finances. I don't know what it is, but God knows what it is. Even if it's some, some secret thing, some struggle you have no one else knows about, in your heart of hearts right now, you can be honest with God about that. He already knows it's there. And you can go there privately into that secret place where no one else can go. And you can say, God, here's, here's my struggle right now. Here's my storm in my life. And as you identify that, let me read today's text over you. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? In other words, why do you say, people of God, we touched on this last week, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. In other words, in that storm, in that circumstance, do you feel like God has forgotten you? Do you feel like he, he lost track of you and he's not watching? He's not aware of what's going on in your life? That's how God's people felt here. And that's how they're described in verse 27. God knows you feel that way sometimes. That's okay. You can be honest with him. You can tell him, God, I feel like you're not keeping track of me. I feel like you're not looking out for me. David told God things like that all the time in the book of Psalms. He can handle that. Be honest with him. Pour out your hearts to him. Verse 28, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding, no one can fathom. In other words, he's not worn out. He's not weary. He hasn't forgotten you. And his understanding, believe it or not, he knows what he's doing. We'll get into that in a little bit. Verse 29, he gives strength to the weary. Do you believe that today? In your storm, this is a promise to you. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Well, that's a good verse for me. I'm weary and weak 
a lot. Verse 30, even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Right now, I want to lead you in, in a prayer together. I want to kind of take you by the hand spiritually as we go into this text. And let's just start by telling God, hey, God, I've really been wanting you to change this circumstance, this storm, but you tell me here that if I hope in you, you'll lift me up above it. So right now, let's go to God. Let's take our circumstances and our storms to him and tell him, God, I'm going to hope in you even more than I hope that the circumstance changes. Let's do that right now. Father, we come to you, Lord, and you see in our heart of hearts, you see the grief, you see the agony, you see the discouragement, you see the confusion, you see the hurt, you see all the storms in our lives. And Lord, we come to you standing on the promise of your word. You tell us those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. So Father, as much as we'd like every one of these storms to clear up and disappear, Right now we choose our hope is not in that. Our hope is in you. We place our hope in you. Will you lift us up above these storms? Lift us up above these circumstances. Would you raise us up on wings like eagles? Would you give us strength to live for you, to trust in you in these storms? We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's a reality about us as I reflected on this text. Because we live under circumstances, we often think our only hope is to change the circumstances. Right? I mean, from the time we're born, we're under circumstances just as much as we're under a thunderstorm. We depend on who feeds us, who clothes us, what kind of environment we're raised in, what kind of education we get. Our entire lives are the result of circumstances. We live under circumstances. And so when life gets difficult, it's very natural for us to think, well, the circumstances need to change. That's a normal thing. But your God is different. Your God has never been under any circumstance. He's over them, just like he's over the storms. And so very often in this fallen world that is not our home, he chooses, instead of stilling the storm, to carry us in it, to carry us through it. And as we saw in verse 31, to raise us up above it. I mean, think about our typical prayer requests. If you've got a, a good home group that you go to or a, a group of men and women that you get together with to study the Bible, it, usually our prayer requests are, you know, um, so-and-so's sick, so pray that they're healed. So-and-so needs a house, so pray for the house. So-and-so needs a job, so pray for the job. I want to be clear, that's great, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. God desires to hear our wants and our needs and to grant them, and we should pray those things to him. But... When you follow the Apostle Paul's prayers through the New Testament, and that's a series that, that we have upcoming here, you see that he wasn't often praying for a change in the circumstances. He was usually praying for a change in his heart and in the hearts of God, God's people. And so we tend to be focused on changing the circumstances, and God tends to be focused on changing us. And today's text is just one of those reminders. Storms are going to come into your life. You're going to get weary. You're going to stumble and fall. 
remove your hope from circumstances and start placing your hope in the Lord. In Mark chapter 8 is one of a few places where people ask Jesus to do a miracle. A lot of times when Jesus was asked to do a miracle, uh, he did it. For example, there was a centurion who came to Jesus and said, hey, my daughter's sick. Could you go to our house and heal her? And Jesus says, oh, you know, head on home. I already healed her remotely, you know, she's healed. A lot of times Jesus did miracles when people came to him. If they came blind or with a sickness, he would heal them. But there's a few instances in Mark chapter 8 is one of them where Jesus has done miracles and people come to him and they ask him to do something pretty much just because they want like a, a David Copperfield magic show, right? They just, they just, uh, they're not asking Jesus because they have a legitimate need. They're not asking him because they believe that he's the son of God. They just kind of want to test his superpowers, right? And in Mark chapter 8, that happens. The Pharisees come to Jesus. He sees the hardness of their hearts and he says, no, not gonna, I'm not going to do that miracle for you. He says, you know, this generation always wants a sign and a wonder, uh, but I, I see your hearts, that your hearts are turned away from me. And, and I was reflecting on that as I thought about this passage, I realized, you know, a lot of times we come to God almost like a, a toddler who says, if you do this for me, I will love you. You know, God, if you, change, if you will change my circumstances and make my life good, then I'll love you. If you'll do this for me, then I'll follow you. And the great thing about God is he still loves us when we, when we do that. But, but the, the ideal, as we're growing in Christ and as we're maturing spiritually, is that we come to God and say, God, no matter the circumstances, I love you. No matter the difficulty, I trust you. No matter the cost, I will follow you. Jesus, you, you told me to take up my cross and follow you. And, and man, the more I follow you, the more I realize you weren't kidding. It is a cross. And I tell everyone my life is following Jesus, and I'm starting to realize he got killed by a mob at the end of his life. And as we grow in Christ, we realize, wow, this, this world is not my home. My hope is not that everything's going to go great for me here. My hope is eternal life with God through Christ because of what he did on the cross. So let's look at some, some realities from our text here. Starting in verse 27, we see this. Sometimes our circumstances are so difficult, we wonder if God has forgotten or abandoned us. Is that where you are in your storm? It's okay if you are. Do you feel like God's abandoned you? Do you feel like he's not looking out for you? You can, you can be real about that. Why do you say, why do you complain, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by my God. Some days it does feel like God has abandoned us. Many of you met my, have met my daughter Zoe. She's one and a half now. She's pretty petite. She's the cutest girl in the world. And uh, Zoe has entered in the last, I'd say week or so, a, a daddy phase. And I'm just loving it. Uh, you know, a lot of times with kids from like zero to three, they'll go through like a few weeks, uh, you know, or months of mommy phase and then daddy phase. They'll kind of 
go back and forth. Well, she's in, in daddy phase right now, and it's just awesome because she's my little snuggle bug, you know. She'll cuddle up on me, and I love just snuggling with her and cuddling her and walking her, and I love just carrying her around. I mean, she's like light as a feather, you know. She just sits here on my arm. and Well, Zoe uh, has this issue that, um, you know, God's been really gracious with. Uh, we've got a great physical therapist, and uh, but her leg, she has, I guess it's called low muscle tone. Anyhow, she wasn't walking quite right. So she's got these little braces on her legs, and she's making a lot of improvement, but she still is is behind for her age when it comes to walking. And so one of the things that comes with that is she she just loses her balance really easily. I mean, it's, it's kind of sad to watch because, you know, she'll, she'll be going along fine and then there'll be a little slope on the floor or there'll be a little rock or something and it'll just throw her off and, and, and down she goes. And, and part of me, I just want to carry her all the time so she never has to fall, right? And part of her wants me to carry her all the time so she never has to fall. I was telling Mel we should get her a little crash helmet because I feel so bad every time she falls. And sometimes she'll want me to carry her and I'll set her down and she'll, you know, claw at my leg or go like this and it just breaks my heart. But I've realized, you know, I know the day's coming when we're going to drop her off for her first day of school. And I don't think she wants me to carry her in. And I know the day's coming when I'm going to be standing at the back of some church and there's going to be some young punk, you know, at the front of the church who totally doesn't deserve her. And I'm pretty sure when that day comes, you know, she's not going to want me to carry her down the aisle. And so it's actually out of love that sometimes I set her down and she has to stumble and fall because that's part of her learning to walk. And in that moment, she, according to her screams, feels like I have totally forgotten her and abandoned her and I'm not looking out for her. But it's actually because I am that I've set her down and you know, it's normal to feel in life like God has abandoned you or forgotten you, but he has not. He loves you. He wants the very best for you. Hebrews 13 verse 5 says, he will never leave you or forsake you. Even when you feel like it and you're, you're clawing and you're, you know, God, where did you go? He's there. You might not see it. You might not even feel it, but he's there and he's watching you and he has not forgotten you. And it's in those moments that we remind ourselves that that we live on the unchanging promises of God's word, not on our feelings. There's going to be days when we don't feel like he's there, but his promises are still true. Let me give you a few of those promises. Psalm 27:10. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Deuteronomy 31:8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Joshua 1.5, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Isaiah 49.15, can a mother forget her nursing baby and have no compassion on the child she has born? 
God says, just as a, a, a nursing mom can't forget her baby, I can't forget you. It's not like I might forget you. It's impossible for me to forget you. And whether you feel it or not, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. Sometimes we feel like God's forgotten us, but he hasn't. Next, verse 28 tells us, I will never encounter a situation or circumstance where God is weak, tired, or confused. Even when you feel like he's not there, he's there, and he's not there like barely hanging on. Like, I'm trying to look out for you, but running the world has really worn me out. No, he's there, and he's not weak. He's not tired. And I draw your attention to that final sentence of verse 28. His understanding no one can fathom. Zoe cannot fathom why I would set her down and make her walk. But I can. Because, you know, she's one and a half. She doesn't see things like I do. And it is exactly the same for us with our Heavenly Father. We can't fathom some of the difficulties of this life. But we also cannot fathom how short it actually is. And we cannot fathom how great life with Christ for eternity is going to be. Doesn't God's word tell us, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the mind of man what God has planned for those who love him? We can't fathom how good it's going to be. And we can't fathom how short this time of difficulty is in the scheme of eternity. Your heavenly father's never too tired to help you. And when you feel like God, you know, aren't you watching don't you see what's happening? He still knows what he's doing. I mean, this is what blows my mind. Do you guys realize that God is smarter than us? I mean, what if we actually lived like we believed that he was smarter than us? You know, God, he's not the author of evil. But, but scripture tells us from the story of Joseph's life, what Satan means for evil in your life, God can work it for good. God doesn't send cancer into your life. God doesn't send divorce into your life. God doesn't, he's not the author of death. Those things are all evil results of the fall. But what Satan meant for evil, God can turn for good. And if we will continue to hope in him, He'll raise us up above those storms. We'll see him work good from evil. You know the promise from God's word. It says that all things work together for good. For those who know the Lord, for those who trust the Lord, for you as you walk with Christ. So we can pray in the middle of our storms. God, instead of hoping for a change in my storm, I'm just going to place my hope in you. I'm going to trust in you instead of trusting in my circumstances. I'm going to believe in you instead of believing in my circumstances. And next we see this. When we are weighed down by our circumstances, he can give us strength in the situation. Again, we're usually looking just to get out of the situation. But if we ask him, he'll give us strength in the situation. 
I still wish this verse 29 read, those who fear the Lord never get weary. Those who trust in God never get weak. That would just be so cool. But instead he says, when you get weary, when you get weak, I'll give you strength. I'll renew you. I'll give you the power that you need if you will hope in me. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, sometimes when I do set Zoe down, I want to go ahead of her and just, you know, kind of prepare the way everywhere she goes so that she won't have any obstacles or difficulties so she doesn't ever fall down so she doesn't ever hurt herself. Which would mean that she would never grow up, really. And we, we long for that. And you know what you're longing for when you long for that? You're longing for heaven. Because in heaven, he has gone before you. He's paved the streets with gold. In heaven, there aren't going to be any tears. And Jesus said that when he left this earth. He said to his disciples, behold, I go to prepare a place for you. In my father's house are many mansions. I'm, I'm going there to get it ready for you. So, so that day's coming. And, and what you're longing for is a spiritual reality that will happen. But right now in this fallen world, the ground is still slanted and there are still stumbling blocks and rocks and, and we do trip and we stumble and we fall. And he says, I'm a God not only who's taking you to a, an eternal place where there's no pain, but I'm a God who took on your pain at the cross. And right now while you're in pain, I'll be with you in it. I'll walk through it with you. And, and if you'll hope in me, I will give you strength in the storm. I know some of you aren't allowed to write in your Bibles by your spouse's rules or your own rules. But if you're allowed to write in your Bible next to this verse 29, write Philippians 4, 7 through 13. I was talking with someone uh, yesterday from our community who is directly affected by the loss of these 19 firefighters. And we were talking and, and the individual said, you know, I, I know I can't change the circumstances that are around me. I just want to have peace. And it reminded me of this passage where the Apostle Paul talks about a peace that passes understanding a peace that transcends or goes beyond the situation a peace that has nothing to do with your surroundings and circumstances and, and here's you know what's incredible paul writes philippians 4 from a jail cell and here's what he says rejoice in the lord always i'll say it again rejoice don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, present your request to God. In other words, when all these worries, anxieties come into your mind, give them over to God. And then he says this, Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And it's on the heels of that peace that has nothing to do with circumstances that Paul says this, get this, Philippians 4.11, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. There's a life verse for your spouse, right? 
I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. There's a, a life verse for all of us. You know, you, Paul's, Paul has been at the very top and the very bottom of human existence. He has dined with rulers. He's been shipwrecked. He's been in muddy dungeon cells. He's talked to thousands of people who've all applauded him. He's talked to smaller groups of people who all picked up stones and started throwing them at him. He's been hungry. He's been well-fed. He's had money in the bank. He's been completely broke. He's had one tunic, and he's had multiple tunics. Paul's been through all the ups and all the downs, and he says there's a secret. It's Paul's word. There's a secret to being content no matter what. And here it is, verse 12. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's a popular verse, and we often pull it out of context, and I, I guess that's okay maybe, but look at it in the context here, okay? Paul says, he's not just saying, you know, whatever I want to do, I can go do it because I'm a Christian, and Jesus will empower me to do it. He's saying the secret to me having joy and peace and contentment, no matter my circumstances, is Christ's strength. Remember our text? Even young men stumble and fall. But those, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. He says, my strength through all these ups and downs, if I had made it my circumstances, I would have had a really up and down life. But I determined my strength is not going to be my circumstances, it's going to be my Savior. So whether my circumstances are up or down, it doesn't really matter. I have a joy and a peace and a contentment that is untouchable. You might jot this down. Here's the secret. Here's Paul's secret. To be in content no matter what the circumstances. The secret is turning our focus away from changing the storm to finding God's strength in the storm. I mean, Paul, you know, when he was shipwrecked, his, his biggest goal wasn't to get unshipwrecked. When he was in jail, his biggest goal wasn't to get out of jail. When he was with a ruler eating, his biggest goal wasn't to be with a ruler eating. Fine foods. His goal in all of it was to find Christ's strength. So, so the secret is turning our focus away from changing the storms. That's natural. That's what we want to do. We want to change the circumstance. Turn your focus away from changing the circumstance to finding God's strength in the circumstance. You see, we want God to change the situation, but he is changing us. And that's what Paul got. I think he got it in 2 Corinthians 12 when he had his thorn in the flesh. And here's Paul who had healed other people as an apostle and he comes to God and he says, God, I've got this thorn in the flesh. I mean, I have this painful, debilitating, chronic illness. Could you take it away, please? And, and God says, no, my, my grace is going to be sufficient for you, Paul. 
How would you be able to minister to people who are trapped in a contaminated world of sin, who encounter all sorts of corruption and corrosion and disease? How would you be able to minister to them if you didn't have any weakness? So I'm going to leave that thorn in you. But I will give you the grace to do what I've called you to do. And Paul actually writes, it's because of that thorn and the way that it humbled him and kept him on his knees before the Lord that he was able to do the supernatural things God did through him. Without a thorn, just like me or most of you, he would have gotten a little cocky, right? He would have gotten a little proud, would have gotten disconnected from God, and then God wouldn't have been able to do the supernatural things that he can do through someone who's humble and fully surrendered. You see, no matter your strengths or your upper hand in life, you will eventually be depleted or exhausted. Isn't that encouraging? I just want to encourage you guys with this, okay? No matter how good things are now, they're going to get worse, okay? Just bless you, okay? So the point is, don't build your peace and your joy and your contentment on how things are going, because that is shifting sand. It doesn't matter if you are the wealthiest person in the world, you cannot buy life past about 100 years. Doesn't matter if you're the president of the United States. Doesn't matter if you're a Saudi prince. Doesn't matter if you're Vladimir Putin or some, you know, person in China who's living off all the people. Doesn't matter what your resources are, what your political connections are, what your business connections are. Death's going to come for you in this fallen world. So, I'm telling you this in love, don't place your joy and peace and contentment on your life here. Place it on this. When hard times come, your loving God will be right there and he will not have changed and he will still be loving you. He will still be looking out for you and he will still be over those circumstances that you are under. Sad thing is when we are healthy, when we're strong, when we have money in the bank, when life is going well for us, very often we turn away from God ever so slightly. We start to trust in ourselves and in our bank accounts and in our things and in our circumstances. And, and God's people have done this for I mean, thousands of years. You look at the Israelites, you know, the, they'd be enslaved by another nation, and they would turn to God for salvation, and he would free them. He would part Red Seas. He would do miracles, and they'd get free. He'd send them to their own land, and they would have big harvests in their fields, and their vineyards would be full, and they'd have kids, and life would be great. And as life got great, they would kind of stop worshiping God, and their hearts would drift from God. And then eventually they'd start worshiping other idols, and those other idols would end up enslaving them. And then they call out to God again. And he frees them, right? And it's the same cycle. And, and most of us go through that same cycle, you know, on a yearly, monthly, daily basis, right? That, that we're, we, we kind of turn away from God because our circumstances are good. So the point of this is, okay, hopefully if your circumstances are terrible, you're crying out to God. But also if your circumstances are good, cry out to God. Don't ever trust in your circumstances, whether they're good or bad. And that's our final point. Whether life is good or bad, we're daily choosing to place our hope 
either in our accomplishments, our possessions, our health, our feelings, or in our unchanging God. You know, Jesus told the parable of of the guy who built his house on the shifting sands. And that's what we do when we build our lives on our circumstances and our emotions and our feelings and how things are going. We're building on shifting sand. It will change. But Jesus won't change. He's a solid rock. And so it's it's a choice in our hearts to say, God, in this storm... I'm going to trust you more than I trust my circumstances. Or God, in this great time of life where the sun is shining and everything's great, I'm still going to trust you more than I trust my circumstances. Those who hope in the Lord will renew your strength. So here's my question. What are you hoping for today? What are you hoping in uh, is your hope in a schedule change, a pay change, a relationship change? Those hopes will let you down. They're shifting sand. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. The storm might not go away, but he'll lift you up above it. So as we close, will you declare with me today, God... Whether those circumstances change or not, my hope is in you today. And, and I'll say this now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us. And when I say amen, there's going to be a video that helps us reflect on this. As that video plays, the bread is going to pass for communion. Take that on your own time. And then the cup is going to pass. Hang on to the cup if you can. Okay, well, I'll take that together. So I'll, I'll say that again after prayer. Let's pray here. Father... Lord, right now we bring to you uh, again this room full of storms and trials, tribulations, circumstances. And Lord, in our hearts right now, we just resolve to hope in you. Lord, you see for very many of us where our hope has been built on circumstances. We have hoped for a certain teacher or a certain thing at work or certain possession or a certain change in a relationship and our our hope has been built on those things but right now we declare to you lord my hope is built on nothing less than jesus blood and righteousness jesus our hope is in you and we declare to you that you are our only hope and lord while the storm rages around us and some in here lord they're just drenched in the downpour of tragedy and difficulty and the, the bolts of lightning are all around them. And God, they, they feel so weak. I claim for them together. I lift them up to you and claim for them that you give strength to the weary. You give power to the weak. So Lord, we hope in you today. As much as we hope that these storms change, as much as we hope that the sky clears up, we ultimately hope in you no matter what. And our hope is, Lord, that no matter what we have to go through in this fallen world, Jesus, you died for us, you rose for us, and you are returning for us, and you are our living hope. And so today, Lord, we anchor ourselves in you. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the audio from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information 
visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com.